am singing in the rain. I just singing in the rain. What a glorious feeling! Ah! It burns like a Glasgow bikini wax. Gah! I think we all kind of feel like groundskeeper Willie after last night. We're singing in the rain, the rain comes, and the rain burns. Welcome to another edition of MLB Morning Coffee from the Ocean Avenue Studios here in San Francisco, California. My name is Greg Mraz, your host as per usual. Today we're going to give you a recap of last night, a preview of today, talk about a couple of other storylines, and hopefully have some fun along the way. Make sure that you write a review, leave a rating, and subscribe. It helps our metrics out tremendously. Make sure you go back and listen to a couple of our other evergreen episodes, some good conversations with a variety of different people in the baseball media, as well as a couple of Major League Baseball players. Without further ado, it's time for the Daily Grounds and to recap yesterday's action. One of the reasons why we started off with that groundskeeper Willie clip about singing in the rain and having it be acid rain in that famous episode of The Simpsons is that our first game of the Major League Baseball season got rained out in the top of the sixth inning as the New York Yankees beat the Washington Nationals 4-1 in a game that is technically classified as final after six innings technically Five and a third. Garrett Cole got the win for the Yankees. He went a complete game, five innings. He allowed just one hit, walked one, struck out five. That one hit was a homer to Adam Eaton in the first inning. The Yankees opened up a 2-0 lead in the top of the first inning on a two-run bomb by Giancarlo Stanton. And the pitch is swung on and hit high in the air to left center. That ball is high. It is far. It is gone. Away back in the left center field seats. A Stantonian home run. Giancarlo. No si puesto palo. Oh, what a shot by Stanton. It's a two-run dinger, and the Yankees immediately take a 2-0 lead. The Yankees extended their lead to 3-1 in the top of the third inning after Aaron Judge doubled, scoring Tyler Wade, and then Giancarlo Stanton singled in Gio Urshela in the fifth inning to make it 4-1 in favor of New York. Max Scherzer had a really good outing despite the runs allowed. He struck out 11. He walked four, though, allowed six hits in five and a third innings. He threw 99 pitches. Cole threw just 75. So, a couple takeaways from this game. Giancarlo Stanton looks a lot thinner. He lost some weight in the offseason. His swing looks good. With him basically being the full-time DH this season, that's going to really be a big benefit for the Bronx Bombers going forward if he can stay healthy and stay off the playing field, that is. I think he is going to prove to finally be worth what the Yankees paid to acquire him, and that's more of the contract that the Marlins already had him for than what they actually gave up in order to acquire him. Funny enough, one of the guys they traded to the Marlins in Starlin Castro, now playing for the Washington Nationals. As for the Nationals, they were without Juan Soto, who we did not mention yesterday after recording that He tested positive for COVID-19. He is out for the foreseeable future. Andrew Stevenson took his place in left field and in the lineup. The Nationals lineup just did not pack as much of a punch without him. And, you know, looking at this Nationals lineup without Anthony Rendon, who is now a member of the Angels, without Ryan Zimmerman, who opted out of this season, and at least when you're without Juan Soto, 
who provided 34 homers last season, this Nationals team isn't nearly the same team that won the World Series last year. They need him, and they need him badly in order to be competitive in the NL East. Although, competitive is a relative term, and we're going to get to that story in just a little bit. By the way, Anthony Fauci threw out the first pitch at Nationals Park on opening day. It was a less-than-memorable first pitch, but you know what? Anthony Fauci is 79 years old. Give him a break, will you? The audio, by the way, on the Giancarlo Stanton bomb, courtesy of John Sterling and Susan Waldman on the Yankees radio network. The other game in action last night, the San Francisco Giants paying a visit to Chavez Ravine to take on their rivals, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Dodgers with an 8-1 victory over the Giants. Gigantes took a 1-0 lead in the third inning on a sack fly from Pablo Sandoval. Giants had the bases loaded with nobody out in that inning against Dustin May, the Dodgers starter. Dodgers came back with a run in the bottom of the fourth inning on an RBI single from Kike Hernandez. Dodgers busted it open with five in the bottom of the seventh inning, highlighted by a two-run single from Kike Hernandez. Hernandez would then homer in the eighth inning which made it 8-1 to Dodgers at the time. The winning pitcher, Adam Kalarik, out of the bullpen for L.A., inning in two-thirds, no hits, no runs, no walks, and two strikeouts. Dustin May, as we said, got the start for the Dodgers, four and a third inning, seven hits, one run. It was earned, no walks, and four strikeouts. May got the start because about four hours prior to first pitch, Clayton Kershaw was placed on the injured list because of a back tightness that he experienced while lifting weights earlier in the day. Kershaw is on the IL for at least the next 10 days, and that is why May had to be called up from the taxi squad. Johnny Cueto got a no decision for the Giants. He went four innings, five hits, one run, one walk, and three strikeouts. The losing pitcher for the Giants, Tyler Rogers, two-thirds of an inning, three hits, four runs, all earned, no walks, and no strikeouts. Offensive highlights in the game, Kike Hernandez goes four for five with five of the eight RBI for the Dodgers in the ball game. Single hits in the game for Max Muncy, Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger, Justin Turner, Corey Seager, Jack Peterson, A.J. Pollock, and Austin Barnes. For the Giants, Alex Dickerson two for four, Mike Yastrzemski two for four, single hits for Wilmer Flores, Pablo Sandoval, and Tyler Heineman, I should also say, went two for three. Couple of takeaways from this game. The Dodgers lineup is stacked, and when Kike Hernandez is doing a majority of the damage, you know that you're in pretty good shape for the foreseeable future. Mookie Betts went one for five in order to get his first Dodger hit. He did a post-game interview with ESPN. We do not have the audio for you, but he said he feels at home already in Los Angeles. The San Francisco Giants, well, they're a team that looks to be offensively challenged. Most of their offense was early on. Seven of their eight hits came against Dustin May. The Dodger bullpen held the Giants to just one hit over the final four and two-thirds innings of work. This Dodger bullpen is deep. The Giants bullpen is young. I see a very good year for L.A., a very long year for San Francisco. Granted, it is early, but still... One game can make a difference of 2.7 on a regular scale, as we talked about yesterday. And given that they had to put in a new starting pitcher on four hours' notice, the Dodgers did just about everything right in their home opener. 
We did it for you yesterday, but here is today's opening day schedule. Full slate of games, almost everybody on the docket, so let's run through some of the matchups. The Atlanta Braves will be at the New York Mets. That'll be at 4.10 Eastern time. Mike Soroka, at 22 years of age, is going to get the start for Atlanta. He will be opposed by perennial ace Jacob deGrom. The Detroit Tigers will start in Cincinnati. That is a 6-10 Eastern time start. Matthew Boyd, the opening day starter for the Tigres, against Sonny Gray for the Reds. The Blue Jays will be in Tampa Bay to square up against the Tampa Bay Rays. They might be in Tampa Bay a little bit more often. We'll get to that a little bit later on in the program. Hinjin Ryu will make his Blue Jays debut, getting the start for Toronto against Tampa's Charlie Morton. The Miami Marlins are going to be at the Philadelphia Phillies, 7.05 p.m. Eastern start tomorrow night. Sandy Alcantara goes for the Marlins against Aaron Nola for the Phillies. Royals will open up at the Indians 7-10 Eastern start. Danny Duffy goes for Kansas City. He will be opposed by Indians' new ace, Shane Bieber. Brewers will head to Wrigleyville to take on the Chicago Cubs. Brandon Woodruff will get the start for Milwaukee. Kyle Hendricks for Chicago. That will also get started at 7-10 Eastern time. The Baltimore Orioles will be at the Boston Red Sox. Tommy Malone gets the start for Baltimore. He'll be opposed by Nate Ivaldi for Boston. That is a 7.30 Eastern start time tomorrow. Globe Life Field will open up finally as the Texas Rangers will host the Colorado Rockies. Herman Marquez will go for Colorado, being opposed by Lance Lynn for the Rangers. That's weird to think about Lance Lynn in a Rangers uniform, the longtime St. Louis Cardinal. On the south side of Chicago, the White Sox will host the Twins to open up tomorrow night at 7.10 Central Time. Jose Barrios goes for Minnesota, their ace against standout Lucas Giolito for the White Sox. We'll now head to St. Louis, where the Pirates will open up against the Cardinals at 7.15 Central Time. Joe Musgrove goes for the Buccos against Jack Flaherty for the Cardinals. Jack Flaherty, by the way, is going to be on my mind as one of the guys to watch out for as a Cy Young candidate. I think that the Cardinals' ace has a potential to be one of the best pitchers in baseball this year if he lets it all fly. San Diego, our next stop on the scheduled tour as the Diamondbacks will open up at the Padres. Madison Bumgarner will make his D-backs debut. He'll be opposed by Chris Paddock for the Friars. Mariners will be at the Astros. Marco Gonzalez goes for Seattle. Justin Verlander will open up for Houston. That will be at 8-10 Central Time, 6-10 Pacific Time. The Angels will visit the Oakland Coliseum to take on the A's. It will be Andrew Haney taking the ball for the Halos against Frankie Montas for the A's. First pitch is scheduled for 7-10 Pacific time. And finally, Giants and Dodgers will run it back one more time tonight at 6-40. It will be Ross Stripling going for the Dodgers. The Giants have yet to announce their starter. And that is your schedule for today, July 24th, 2020. Moving on to some other news, we talked about yesterday how the Major League Baseball owners and the Players Association were negotiating expanded playoffs for this season and that the deal needed to get done before the first game of the season. Well, the deal did get done, and we will have 16 playoff teams in 2020. 
eight teams in each league, and here is how it is going to work. The first six playoff teams in each league are going to be the division winners and then the teams that finish second place in those divisions. And then the final two playoff teams are going to be the two teams that have the first and second best records amongst all of the teams that are not those first six. So you're going to have an NBA-style playoff bracket where you'll have one versus eight, two versus seven, three versus six, and four versus five in the first round, which is going to be a best-of-three series. Then the divisional series, which will be four teams reduced down from eight, that will be five games. The championship series will be seven games, and then the World Series will also be seven games. So how does this work in terms of actually seeding the teams? Seeds one through three in each league are going to be the division winners sorted by best record to worst record. So let's just say, for example, it's the Dodgers, the Brewers, and the Nationals in the National League. And the Dodgers had the best record, the Brewers had the second best record, and the Nationals had the third best record amongst all three of those teams. The Dodgers would be the one, the two seed would be the Brewers, and the Nationals would be the three seed. Now let's say, for instance, the Cincinnati Reds had a better record than the Washington Nationals. Well, they would still end up being in the second place tier because they are going to give preference on seedings to the division winners, even if second place teams have better records than division winners. So then your next three are going to be the second place teams in each division from best second place team record to worst second place team record. The seven and the eight seeds are then just going to be the best record amongst the remaining teams, regardless of what division they're in. So effectively, it's going to end up being somewhat like the NHL, where the wild cards are the two best teams amongst the remaining that did not end up in the top six. Is expanded playoffs good for TV revenue? Yes. Is expanded playoffs good for competition? Yes. Is this the right year to do it? I don't think so. And the reason why I don't think this is the right year to do expanded playoffs is that it's only a 60-game season, which means you're devaluing the regular season even more than you already were by having a season effectively be a third or rather more than a third of the normal season. I just don't think this is the right time to do it. But when you think about it, the NBA has 30 teams, 16 of them make the playoffs, same thing in the NHL. I think that when you look at where sports is going in terms of playoff expansion, the NFL even expanded to 14 teams this year, seven teams in each league. They had previously been at six in each league with 12 overall, and the NFL had 32 teams. Major League Baseball had the smallest playoffs of the four major sports. I think that many people figured it was okay if they left it alone, but this is only for 2020. They have not negotiated this for 2021, so there's a possibility that it returns to the way that it was for next season. But you know what? 2020 going to 2020, and if we're going to have 16 teams in the playoffs, eight in each league, that basically means more than half the teams in each league are going to make the playoffs, and effectively, 
the regular season, unless you're god-awful, doesn't really matter a whole lot. It only matters once you get in, and once you get in, anything can happen. If you all remember, the Yankees' Masahiro Tanaka took a line drive to his dome off the bat of Giancarlo Stanton during the beginning of summer camp. Well, Tanaka fortunately only had a light concussion and was able to return to summer camp not long after. He is going to wear a protective hard shell inside of his hat for the first time in his career. This is to make sure that if something like that happened again, that he would be protected or at least it would soften the blow. I think this is a great idea. And to be quite frank, I think that a lot of pitchers probably need to wear these protective inserts. A ball coming off the bat of somebody like a Giancarlo Stanton or an Aaron Judge or anybody that has an exit velocity of over 100 miles an hour or heck, even under 100 miles an hour, if that goes at your head, you could suffer permanent brain damage. And that is something that with this protective insert, might potentially be avoided. You can't fix it entirely, but if you can mitigate it, then you're doing a good enough job in order to fix it. We will wrap up this morning with this. It is now five days until the Toronto Blue Jays are supposed to play their home opener, and they still do not have a home. They are talking with the city of Baltimore about potentially sharing Camden Yards with the Orioles. That has not yet happened. Now, the governor of Connecticut has said how he would like to have the Blue Jays playing in their state. And more than likely, they would be playing at Dunkin' Donuts Park, which is the home of the AA Hartford Yard Goats. There is no minor league baseball this season, so the facility is open. Connecticut is also geographically perfectly situated between Boston and New York, so the travel times for the Yankees, the Mets, and the Red Sox would be cut down immensely. Same you could say for the Phillies. I think that that's a good idea if you can do that. It is a brand new ballpark. It opened up in 2017. It is state-of-the-art. doesn't really matter how many seats it holds, but the Blue Jays need to figure out this and they need to figure it out fast you've got to make a decision it seems like Dunkin Donuts Park might be a better option than playing in Buffalo I'm not so sure though that I would want to be sharing a facility with another team there are just too many risk factors that go into all of this we already saw how people were panicking today and granted there was some instant testing that Major League Baseball did with people that were around Juan Soto, but you saw the panic when people saw that he had tested positive, and by the way, the fact that the Nationals had been in Baltimore with Soto potentially having spread the virus there. Again, we don't necessarily know what the Orioles are dealing with at this point, or if he had come into contact with anybody. Again, COVID can be spread through airborne particles so even if you didn't touch anybody there's still a possibility that you could have spread it the players are not required to wear masks during the games but there are some that have decided to wear masks when they are not in the field or at bat I saw a lot of San Francisco Giants wearing them below their chins in particular Pablo Sandoval decided to do that I think that was a very wise move for them to make but in any event as soon as the Blue Jays decide where they're going to play their home games this year, we will bring it to you here on MLB Morning Coffee. That is going to do it for another episode of this show. Thanks for tuning in as always. 
You can write a review, leave a rating, and subscribe. If you have any suggestions for the show, email them to greg.maraz at yahoo.com, or you can just write a review. That's another way that I'll be able to see your feedback. Have a great day of baseball today. The majority of teams are kicking off their 2020 seasons today. And if last night was any indication, it is going to feel good in the hearts of all of us to see baseball back in full force. This is Greg Mraz saying thanks for listening, and we will catch you in the AM.